0: United forever in friendship and labor, our mighty republics will ever endure. The great Soviet Union will live through the ages, a dream of a people, their fortress secured. by the people's mighty hand Long live our people united and free Strong in our friendship pride by fire Long may our crimson flag inspire Shining in glory for all men to see Through days dark and The bright sun of freedom Destroyed the invader and brought to our homeland the laurels of fame. Her glory will live in the memory of nations, and all generations will honor her name. Long live our Soviet mother. people, united and free, strong in a friendship tried by fire.
1: do we want to talk about like okay what happens after world war ii because you know he becomes this big celebrity he's kind of at the top of his game and like you know uh, america has never been more kind of sympathetic i guess in a variety of ways to ideas of socialism despite of course like there is strong strong opposition that is about to basically take it all back but right up to the point where like fdr dies you know uh you had henry wallace as the vice president Uh, who unfortunately Mm -hmm. did not stay on, but then he ran for president as a third-party candidate in in the Progressive Party in 1948. And Robeson basically, like, stopped, I think, performing and acting to, like, go on the campaign trail with Henry Wallace and, like, support him all over the place, including in the Deep South, where there were a lot of threats of violence and, like, terrorism against him for doing so. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. right and then of course like i guess henry wallace like like all third party candidates like flamed out pretty hard um he also became like a rabid like anti-communist like later in his life after this but uh so yeah. kind of a disappointment but uh but at, the, at 48 like correctly, he
2: correctly like during that time even like maybe it was a little bit after that but uh in terms of like his career like I think that like his performances were just like shut down because like the FBI was like watching him uh, and they were like no you. Well, that
1: can't that started that, yeah. that that started yeah it started to happen around this time. Uh, so around yeah. 48 was like the first wave of like the Red Scare and actually J Edgar Hoover had been uh, keeping tabs on him since I believe 1940 or 41 and actually put him on a list of people who in a national emergency would be rounded up and taken to uh internment <laughs> camps um so wow, that's okay. yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty yeah. Uh, pretty cool and uh yeah, and so because, you know like, at this what? time yeah he he continued right. to do a lot of activism he he founded the um the american crusade against lynching organization in 1946 and what was interesting is that is where some some kind of like cleavages Uh, This is right after he had that meeting with President Truman, where Truman felt threatened or whatever. And then he went and founded the American Crusade Against Lynching, which was seen by a lot of people as a threat to the NAACP and their anti-violence movement. But he was supported uh, by W.B. Du Bois. And so they launched that in 46. But then so around that time. Robeson, he really started believing around this time that trade unionism unionism was crucial to civil rights and like both needed the other basically to succeed. Then he was called before the Tenney Committee, uh, which I guess was some, you know, sus labor uh, anti-communist thing out of California. By Jack Tenney, where he responded to questions about his affiliation with the Communist Party USA by testifying that he was not a member of the CPUSA. Uh, nevertheless, two organizations with which Robeson was intimately involved, the Civil Rights Congress and the CAA, were placed on the Attorney General's list of subversive organizations. Subsequently, he was summoned before the United States Senate Committee on the Judiciary, and when questioned about his affiliation with the Communist Party, he refused to answer, stating, quote, some of the most brilliant and Distinguished Americans are about to go to jail for the failure to answer that question and I am going to join them if necessary and I actually listened you can find the actual recording of that I assume it is not James Earl Jones this time um, of uh, Paul Robeson testifying to the Senate in 1948 and i i've written a few notes here because it's it's not as like spicy as his one in 56 but there still is definitely of course like an underlying uh you know hostility and he's kind of like on he's on guard against you know because they've already started sending people to jail for refusing uh to answer you know are you or have you ever been blah 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 and so they asked him at one point to define fascism or communism and one of them started talking about you know it's when you have a totalitarian and he cuts them off and says you cannot define fascism or communism by the presence of a totalitarian dictatorship I fundamentally disagree with this framing so he, that, that's kind of an interesting way to look at it that he thought that like the, the authoritarianness of a government is not necessarily like tightly correlated to the political ideology that that government Mm -hmm. has or like the way it's constructed so like you could have a capitalist country that is authoritarian you could have a socialist country that's like not that authoritarian you could have a fascist country it's really for him the important thing is like what social system are they setting up and like how is like the wealth of the society distributed and who has rights and he said like that's why the soviets even though they had a dictatorship of the proletariat they enshrined like they made racism illegal in the constitution so would i prefer that or a like free liberal united states where i get harassed and i'm a second-class citizen everywhere i go you know, it's like there's. Yeah. It's kind of. It's not as quote authoritarian for for some people it is, but like you know, for others. So he rejects that out of hand. He describes like the fundamental problem of like underlying capitalism and racism is like power in the hands of the few versus in the hands of the many. They keep pressing him to like, yeah, but what exactly do you want? They're trying to get him to like. They're trying to like pin him down basically, and like sit tell us you learned this in Moscow. At one point. They're trying to get him, and he says, "Like, would Mister Dupont be a communist?" And the senator kind of hilariously says, "Well, in America today, I'd expect you can find them anywhere." And he's like, "Uh, no, like, okay." And you know, yeah. he, t- he asks, "Like, who controls the wealth of the South?" A few people. And when finally pressed to like define communism, he says, "Communism is interested in seeing that those people who are oppressed, who suffer." That they represent those people, and that's that's what he gives. And you know, he says when people uh, you know complain that he's not he's maybe not being an American, he says, "What is an American today? You try to link every American as being with this country or that country." Uh, General MacArthur recently said that like we in Amer we Americans are in a world struggle, so we're a part of the world now. It's not just about you know. America. He also said, you know, if there are Americans who want to support Franco in Spain, uh, let them go ahead. I supported the other side. And they're like, well, what is the American communist to you? And he says, the American communist is an American, as far as I'm concerned, just as Jefferson was an American. So he does that sometimes where he'll invoke Thomas Jefferson, uh, Frederick Douglass, people like that. But, you know, it's like he'll, 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 he'll kind of he, he'll do that little thing where he kind of uses that against them. You know, like, don't you guys love right. like, Thomas Jefferson? You know, well, right. you know, he was a rebel in his own way. And, uh, right. and then, of yeah. course, they he, he poses an interesting question that gets them a little bit right. Up where he says, suppose a French. They asked if this law they were considering. I think it was the Smith Act that basically, uh, you know, banned people from being communists, like joining the Communist Party. And uh, he was, you know, obviously very against this. Uh, and they said, well, you know, if the Supreme Court ratifies this uh, this law, you know, that it, it's under you know consideration right now, are you going to break it, or will you follow it? And you know, he sure. says. Well, suppose a Frenchman were asked to follow a law passed by Vichy, would you expect him to obey it? And they're like, rah, like what are you do you like, like rabble, rabble, rabble? Like what do you mean? Like uh, that's totally. Yeah. But like you know, they're not in charge of like they're not in charge of France. And he's like, yeah, but like if they say you're living there in the 40s and they pass a law, will you expect the average French citizen to just like follow the Vichy France law because they're occupied by fascists? And it's like, are you saying that like you're saying we're Vichy? Fr- what like you know? They start to get a little uh, mad, yeah. and then of course <laughs> they roll out the. You said your father was a slave and now you're independent and and he cuts him off and says am I? <laughs> and uh, People kind of laugh in the crowd and he says you're now financially successful. Can you think of another country on the face of the earth where you could have had those opportunities? And he says yes. And then somebody goes are you going to say Russia? <laughs> and he's like yes I would. Uh, and, uh, and then they get in some crosstalk <laughs> and he says there are infinitely more opportunities for Russia for like a common person. They liberated a whole people and then somebody yells they liquidated whole people and he says they liquidated liquidated. liquidated far less than Negroes were liquidated, and he ends by saying, why all this excitement about civil rights if they aren't necessary? and it cuts off there but uh some really good good crosstalk in that and uh, uh wow. kind of follows yeah. the line of of the the later one which is a little more aggressive but still like you're successful why don't you like you know isn't america the greatest yeah. country in the world um also just as a side uh, note for that,
2: liquidated oh. people uh, yeah they liquidated uh, yeah.
1: people they liquidated far less than negroes are liquidated um, um yeah so there you go i mean in that real transcript there he he kind of says like you know they liquidated far less so shut up um Um, not to say that you know uh they didn't do anything wrong but which you know in (laughs) a second also worth worth another interesting thing vis-a-vis like the erasure of robson is that he was like very active in the 40s with uh advocating for the integration of major league baseball And Mm -hmm. which, you know, eventually happened with Jackie Robinson. But then Jackie Robinson after. okay, so I think in 1949, the famous speech he gave. Oh, yeah. yeah, Before we
2: get into this. Oh, yeah. The World Peace Conference in Paris. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's actually something sus about this. Which is that, uh, you know, he was invited to the World Peace Conference in Paris, you know, Mm -hmm. that uh, was sponsored by uh, the Soviet Union uh, or, you know, uh, yeah, I think it was sponsored by the Soviet Union. And uh, so something very sus happened uh, in the reporting of this event. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you if you encountered this.
1: No, no, no. no. So according
2: to a transcription of the proceedings, Robeson said We in America do not forget that it was the backs of white workers from Europe and on the backs of millions of blacks that the wealth of America was built, and we are resolved to share it equally. We reject any hysterical raving that urges us to make war on anyone. Our will to fight for peace is strong. We shall support peace and friendship among all nations with Soviet Russia and the People's Republics. So, somehow, the. That was the actual quote? Yep. Somehow, mysteriously, the AP ended up with uh, this, quote, uh, Mm -hmm. We colonial people have contributed to the building of the United States and are determined to share its wealth. We denounce the policy of the United States government, which is similar to Hitler and Goebbels. It is unthinkable that American Negroes would go to war on behalf of those who have oppressed us for generations against the Soviet Union, which in one generation has lifted our people to full human dignity. So... Like, you can tell how one is, like, much more strident, obviously. Wow. And, like, wow. people, when they heard that, flipped out. And the suspicion yeah. of some is that, you know... A certain, uh, you know, intelligence agency mm-hmm. started, uh, slipped in there. And, A certain uh,
1: newly minted intelligence switch, agency
2: switch things around. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, many.
0: of
1: Wow. To point okay. That. Uh, well, that yeah. that's really fascinating because I was almost about to. I didn't come across that part. I I did read that they took it out of context, and he said that himself that like yeah. the I, but i guess that what he means is like they kind of like really took it out of context and like inserted a bunch of like inflammatory statements into it to make it sound like is like scary and like confrontational yeah and as possible. you can actually
2: see like in his like reply like that he's kind of working off what he actually said where he's like i said that we would fight for peace and stuff like that you know but they're working off of him saying like, you know, we're going to redistribute your wealth like, huh, uh-huh. you know, and like we're, he even they're coming to take what, over
1: your, Yeah. Like, you know, he even, that he even
2: mentioned, you know, the only real workers, uh, you know, uh, if he was in a Capo Fash house, uh, the, the white workers from Europe, you know, he even shouted them out in the original statement, you know, but that was, of course, taken out of the, the changed version.
1: Um, yeah. And, and so this ended sad. up being like the turning point when the tide turned, really, for Robeson in America because everybody like earned the shit out of like this fake <laughs> statement that was totally like yeah. beefed up and taken out of context. it's also funny because like today i feel like hit that kind of rhetoric like the fake rhetoric that probably the cia implanted to smear him is like what like antifa like your average kind of antifa edgy like portland person would like would be like yeah that's based like that's badass like and they would like not like his other statement when i think like in his original words they were they were quite eloquent but also careful and like not yeah you know like like robeson was not popping off like just saying like like, death to America, death to America, like, all the time. I mean, I guess, you know, the vibes are a little bit different back yeah, then. Yeah, it's interesting. But like,
2: Maybe the psyop has, like, progressed, like, so far. Because I could definitely see from both sides. Like, on one hand, like, you know, his actual statement, I could definitely see appealing to, like, some, you know, like, uh, because there still is, like, within the left or whatever in America, there's still that thing of, like, you know, you're dividing people, like, by with race or whatever, which his original statement like doesn't do but yeah then also of course quite the opposite
1: he says the the working white people and the slaves like built America which is very generous I would say like to Mm to white people (laughs) like I mean some would maybe say too generous but um but yeah exactly
2: some today would say like too generous so yeah I I mean like I feel like there's both like the side or like you're erasing like like, the
1: the settler colonial status of the I'm sorry yeah exactly Uh, uh, I haven't read settlers but I feel like that's become a meme where like did you see that map a few weeks ago of like somebody just like no, like somebody who wasn't uh, a native a, a native person like publishing like this is what the united states like will look like under communism and it was like it was like a map of like <laughs> it was oh, like man, an we'll arbitrary map of like tribal nations that i don't even think was accurate but it was like 600 like tiny little plate it's just like i feel like robeson would like realize that like you there's a lot I don't want to get I don't want to get lit up uh for like you know uh, uh like uh you know like dissing settlers or anything but I feel like there's something to be learned from Paul Robeson's despite his very deep and radical convictions like not front-loading like we're gonna take everybody's land away and like yeah. completely abolish everything and like uh you know like it's just come on man yeah like, uh, well you know
2: he was like He was tactical, you know, and, like, it's different, you know, it changes, like, over time, you know, like, Malcolm X and stuff would say things like, can we have, like, our own country or whatever, you know, like, we want our own, like, when he was in the nation, you know, that's what, that's what he would say, Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, you know, obviously, like, uh, yeah, he had, like, I mean, he was a person of his time, and, like, when we're looking back, like, obviously, like, you know, you can see things uh differently i mean i think that like you know settlers uh there's definitely critiques to be made of of settlers uh, i think <laughs> that like the idea of like obviously this tr- it is true that white people are, are settler uh and that like you know american society is settler colonial but sure you know yeah like i there's think there's sometimes that, with maybe you know, some people aspect of yeah i think that uh, like
1: maybe with people who stand yeah. it super hard and are, like really like hard line on like you to like you have to like uh, kind of like put this front and center and like we have to like about like you know we really have to like tear the country like into pieces like and like basically yeah, like Balkanize well, two... it like it's yeah, like yeah there's
2: yeah, there's it, there's, two a, two there's a little utopianism
1: in. hiding in that that is like kind of creates like a, a, a uh,
2: Mr. utopian is here. Yeah, Mr. Uh, utopia. Define us with, the, with his isms. Uh, but uh. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think I well, I think like you know, yeah, like uh, I mean, a lot of the time, people who are like that are super young or like really like lifestylists or something like. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a debate. Uh, It speaks to, like, the fractionalization that, like, any kind of left-wing, like, uh, in the United States, like, faces, like, currently. Yeah, which... Where, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, edginess of people who, like, a lot of the time are themselves, like, very bourgeois and don't want to engage with, like, you know, class, for instance, because that would, like, really kind of indict their positionality a lot of the time uh and yeah that is that is a phenomenon if like, we can't have like everything then we can't have anything like you know it's not there's no yeah. point in like you know having universal health care like until we can Like you know, like send every white person back to Europe or whatever, you know, like things like that. Well, yeah, it opens all
1: these thorny questions of like Um, what, like where do you go, like like what, what about all the African American people here, like are are they settlers? Do they get like a a settler free pass, like like is you know like it's just it gets like what about you know like latinos who came here like 30 years ago like are they settlers like it gets into like these really thorny questions that actually sound more like they would end up in some kind of uh like i because I, I feel like those people would also be like very like uh, often critical of like the soviet union's like nationality policies and like like you know just like moving entire populations of people around to like different parts of the country and stuff but then it's like uh but then like the thing that you're saying would necessitate like massive relocations of like everybody kind of and like how would you adjudicate that in like a fair just a fair way for like all of society like
2: i mean there's a lot of problems with that and i imagine you know this is kind of like yeah we're kind of going in on like uh (laughs) like someone who probably is like you know 17 or something or like an undergrad maybe you know people are getting uh you know people have pretty incoherent political ideas like uh, later and later in their lives but like why would like a confederation of, of tribes like adopt communism, like a foreign white idea? True. Like why wouldn't True. they use like tribal systems of governance? Like what does that have to do with communism? Like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I guess yeah. a lot of like settler um, stands are like more anarchists than they are Marxists or communists. Like that's kind of like their he like Sakai is like their Marx. So like they, it's like you know and like Bookchin and stuff. It's just like if everyone could everything can be like based rojava Like we'll just have based rojavas like everywhere. Like like three thousand of them, and we'll all be Balkanized and do mutual aid and like it'll be utopia. It'll be great. Uh, but you know what yeah we we could uh i could probably fire, fire more shots off but i feel like paul robeson offers a very like comes from a different very different standpoint in that a huge central part of everything he does is trying to unite different groups under like a common banner to actually affect like real radical change in the world and like kind of play it where he can you know with like you know what i mean like i think he really like was kind of like you know, doing this kind of um, I mean, like old left in like a positive sense, a style of political organization and agitation and using like, you know, his artistic abilities, his celebrity abilities uh, and, you know, really emphasizing much like, you know, Fred Hampton, who got taken out real quick when he started building uh you know the movie the movie does like show kind of his rainbow coalition of like you know puerto rican gangs and like even like kind of reactionary white people that are poor and then like the black Mm -hmm. panthers and like they had to cut that off real quick like when martin luther king Mm -hmm. started talking about militarism and imperialism had to cut that off real quick when malcolm x started talking about you know like uniting everybody and being part of an international struggle and supporting african liberation same deal like all these guys like yeah And and especially African people that are doing this. Yeah, like Sankara, uh, Lumumba, like the list goes on, you know. It's like this is a third rail that that Robeson touched.
2: I think that like the issue is that, yeah, obviously like the true way forward is – like for people to have like solidarity you know and i like you know obviously like any you know i don't like have any presumption to like propose any kind of like political program or like uh pretend to have like any kind of uh, real wisdom about like how to move forward uh politically like in the united states but what i would say is that like obviously like when groups like unite together like you know out of a sense of solidarity that obviously has like a greater effect And Mm -hmm. I think that there is an attempt, like, both to encourage, like, genuine, like, fractionalism, like, you know, those who encourage fractionalism, uh, and also to portray, like, just uh, a certain, like, uh, acknowledgement or an awareness of, like, the the different uh, positionalities of certain groups as that, like, divisiveness, you know, both to encourage real divisiveness, and to be like, oh, you know, like, he mentioned being black or something you know or like he mentioned that like you know white people have a different positionality that's division like you know that's that's cancel culture so like you know we have to just like destroy the whole thing like i feel like there's, I there's see. Both yeah, an, yeah, like yeah. there's both an effort to like create the a real thing where it's like well you know no white person can be a proletarian or whatever like you know uh that's still like a majority in the country like is completely out of this like and excluded in the sort of settler's way and there's also the thing where like if someone's like well you know uh let's talk about like the genocide of native americans or like slavery as like important things in the shaping of this country like the there's also an attempt to sort of uh portray that as like this divisiveness into isms when really like this is the kind of conversation that is like maybe part of solidarity, but again, like I don't like yeah. doing this shit where I'm like, "Well, this is what I think like politics needs," because like I don't really know. But that's like my, yeah, my yeah, fate. not uh, neither
1: yeah. do I for that matter. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> we're just. But I think that yeah. – I, I think Robeson uh, – Robeson, better than most other people I could think of, uh, like, really found this, like, nice, like, balance of, like – you know, with the, the whole thing today of, like, you know, you're being a class reductionist, to like, you're being an ID poll, like, you know, SGW yeah. libtart. And I think, like, there's, like, definitely, like, if you crank either of those to, like, the extreme – you run into problems right like if you're just totally a class reductionist
2: zone or yeah like you get Strasser zone on the other hand you get like you know we're gonna like I don't know what you get like uh, that guy uh, in the Joker makeup uh, talking about uh, Anne Frank, <laughs> you know, like what, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Commander Gazi. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. yeah. Yeah. Just like like b- yeah. Yeah. and so like Robson like found like a nice like synthesis like between balancing these two things and like always like using one to like enhance the understanding of the other. Like it's like when he would talk to like pro labor audiences that were maybe like very white, like he would make he would take that opportunity to connect the class politics that they were coming to hear about with like the civil rights struggle so that they could understand the connection. And the same thing with like in black audiences where he would obviously talk about civil rights, which is what they were there to hear about but then they're also workers so then you know he brings in like a class he offers a class perspective instead of just like racism is white people with bad feelings like doing bad stuff you know yeah. and like to explain the structural aspect of it and how it's like rooted in our economic system and in our you know political history and all these other things and like how you're not just going to eliminate it by like changing a few people's minds or you know having yeah. a blockbuster movie yeah. with like a charismatic leading man that just makes everything But now I feel like, oh, like we've really like like those things that that's the way that culture really did, you know, after Robeson's death from like the 80s onward, like we kind of doubled down on that type of progress. Where it's like yo mm-hmm. look at michael jordan look at jay-z like look at you know what i mean yeah. like that kind of thing or like look at beyonce yeah. even i mean I don't want to offend any you know uh a uh, beehive uh, people but you know well, like uh, yeah. you know well, like like, of, like beyonce dancing at the before, super bowl but, yeah. with a black panther dancers mm-hmm. is revolution yeah. now <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah which uh, well, for that matter yeah, i think the black panthers many... also were quite good at, at they, they had a kind of robeson Esque, uh, like a Robsonist uh, kind of perspective, I think as well, where they did that, and that's why I think they were successful in in many ways, mm-hmm. uh, and why J. Hoover had to crush them too.
2: Yeah, there's been many like yeah, I mean for instance like uh, the uh, a 4 mentions like uh, crack quote unquote epidemic that I guess some would say uh, not really an epidemic uh, not really addictive but
1: yeah don't be don't be
2: some other Columbia alumni yeah, might, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but um, yeah you know there's uh, like uh, different things that, that yeah and for sure like and also another thing is that you know the i mean paul robeson like was a uh like a you know not maybe not to the same extent as someone like malcolm x or really not to the same extent as someone like malcolm x but at the same time like they uh you could see him like in terms of his work and like what he did like on the ground for instance like at pig skill like you know uh, as like a, a serious like uh act of like uh you know solidarity with uh various like different groups of unions and uh you know uh uh, across the board like he was like a leadership figure that like doesn't exist like at this time at all you know like uh there's not even anything comparable like where you know and even if like and you know yeah I, i do see uh i think some of what you're getting at in terms of like if such a person were to emerge they would be in if you can see the like the the delicate balance he has to manage as he mentions where, you know, he has to play to different audiences, like co- code switch in a way, you know, mm-hmm. uh yeah. like make sure his message is palatable. Whereas like today we're in a situation where like you could easily see someone Trying to do that delicate balancing act is getting completely torn down. Like any, yeah. you know, like uh, that that like uh, that narrow path has gotten like narrower and narrower. Where like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as as Trump said to Biden during the debate, you know, like you just lost the left if you, you know, if you do this, <laughs> like, you know, well, like, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, well, it's like, yeah, um, it's like a- yeah, absolutely. Like if, I mean, well, uh, you, you know, know, for example, he did he did say in one interview he made a passing reference to. The horrible imposition by the British Empire of the opium trade on the Chinese people, which we now all know as of last week, is extremely narcophobic and denies yeah, the Chinese people right. their agency to the become agency addicted to opium.
2: Yeah, just do opium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry, um, Paul. Yeah, he was uh,
2: narcophobic. But... <laughs> um, yes. We really need to uh, yeah, we really need to yeah, He wasn't this. perfect. Uh, <laughs> he had some serious problems like being like being narcophobic. Um yeah, oh, he was man. highly narcophobic.
1: Yeah, speaking of um you know getting denounced, and this is kind of like an interesting turning point. So after he didn't give that speech at the Paris Peace Conference, but they <laughs> published that thing anyways, and he got attacked uh roundly in the press, the kind of i don't know i guess you could say the powers that be and the house on american activities committee summon none other than jackie robinson to go down to congress and testify uh before huac and kind of like rebuff paul robeson and basically reassure um i think i i had uh the quote here it was like kind of a depressing uh quote where um let's see yeah the NAACP for example said that uh Paul Robeson does not speak for the overwhelming majority of black people in the U.S. and uh I believe this might have been the head of the NAACP I don't know if Paul Robeson's son was like paraphrasing him sarcastically or if this was a direct quote but in the documentary Robeson Jr. said Wilkins was basically saying, we will fight loyally for this country, no matter how many of us they lynch. I guess then the NAACP conspired with the State Department to publish an article called Paul Robeson, the Lost Shepherd, in which they argued that he was, quote, duped by the communists. There you go again. And yeah, I guess, like, I, I forget exactly what. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie Robinson testifies on Negro loyalty. So they basically, like, brought Jackie Robinson down to huac to like publicly give a display about how like grateful he was to have the opportunity (laughs) to be a baseball star and how much Uh, american negroes loved uh the united states and they would definitely like fight to the death in like world war (laughs) three uh to (laughs) defend like the senators from mississippi or whatever and yeah so uh that was uh uh, unfortunate um but but then you know uh, then there was there was an interesting incident here in I think it was 49 where then Paul Ribson, you know he's getting attacked left and right and so he decides to go back to the Soviet Union for a series of concerts now you know, for for the for the tankies listening, this is going to be a little bit of a a, a rough a rough one. Uh, but <laughs> he went there, uh. and he wanted he wanted to see his his friend uh, Itzik Pfeffer who was a Soviet Yiddish poet who he had met when he was on the uh, the Jewish uh, you know Jewish anti-fascist committee during the war when they were doing kind of you know public diplomacy work in the. US So he goes there and he asks you know his, his, the, the Soviet people uh, you know I, w- I want to see Itzik Pfeffer and the problem is that at that point like Itzik Pfeffer had been arrested uh, and charged with counter-revolutionary, anti-Soviet activities and was being held in the Lubyanka prison. And I believe he had been there for like over a year, maybe two years. And he was part of a group of like the Jewish anti-fascist committee and all of them were like arrested in uh, accused of treason in 1948. So Pfeffer had actually been an NKBD informer since 1943. I think some of them, uh, and Salman Mickles as well might have had been awarded the the Order of Lenin. You know, these were like prominent poets. And so Robeson, you know, asks, like, hey, where's you know Pfeffer? I want to see him. And his uh, his, you know, his guides or whatever tell him at first like oh he, he's vacationing in Crimea so he's not around right now and I guess what they did was they like brought him out of Lubyanka and I guess he was a little bit emaciated and not in great health from being in there a while so they like fattened him up for like a week or two while Robeson like traveled around the country doing concerts then finally like when he was back in Moscow they said oh hey like uh, Pfeffer's back uh, and you guys can hang out so they met I guess in his hotel in a hotel room or something uh, and during that encounter this is a part where I, I'd almost like to like do a double triple check because like uh, the summary on this in Wikipedia uh, is written by have lied. Um, <laughs> Christian yeah. might have lied. Uh, but no, but unfortunately the Wikipedia article is quoting a book from David Horowitz, the uh, famous uh, pro-Israel like Zionist like neocon uh, mm. you know journalist or whatever. Yeah. And so this is like a extremely loaded, but also it was relayed in the documentary by his son and other people that were like, you know, uh, contemporaries of ropes. so I'm assuming this is more or less true, but please ignore the uh, the horrible, like anti-soviet bias um but basically like when they were in the room uh i guess pfeffer kind of let it be known subtly uh to Robson that the room was bugged and it, they were being listened to and i guess Robson asked him how he was and he did something like he drew his finger nervously across his throat uh and motioned with his eyes and lips to his american comrade that like he was being held prisoner horowitz vaguely quote he says like he wasn't speaking but somehow he also said they're going to kill us when you return to america you must speak out and save us uh i think that's generally like the kind of message he gave to robeson so you know Mm -hmm. uh, running up against like a a tough thing here you know he's a full-throated supporter of the soviet union he's really put his like his his whole reputation on the line is already getting persecuted for it. he comes over here meets his good friend fellow artist and Realizes that he's actually been in jail for anti-state activities. So his reaction to that was he was about to give a concert at Tchaikovsky Hall, and so it was and it was broadcast on television and the radio across the entire country. And Robson uh, publicly paid tribute to Pfeffer and the late McColls, who is alleged was uh, killed by the KGB and then run over with a car to make it look like a hit and run accident uh, in 1948. Um, Again, gotta double check that. But then he say, so he offered praise to pfeffer and Mikkels, and then sang the Vilna partisan song in Yiddish, a uh, Zog Nit Kinmal, in both Russian and Yiddish, and that was basically a like uh, a, a Jewish ghetto partisan resistance song from World War II, very famous, and basically uh, saying that as you know a, a kind of subliminal critique of the Soviet government arresting his friend. And uh, I guess, unfortunately, Itzik Pfeffer did uh, end up dying on the night of the so-called Night of the Murdered Poets uh, in 1952, August uh, 12, 12, or no, I'm sorry, 13, uh, Soviet Jews were uh, shot in Lubyanka prison. They eventually... Gorby rehabilitated these guys in 1988 and basically said that they were wrongly accused. Um, and it sounds like they got... I don't know. I'd have to look more in the story. It sounds like there was some abuse of... Uh, there was some abuse of, of revolutionary justice going on, as Khrushchev would say. Um, and this was, like, um, not not great. And uh, But I think... Yeah, but what's interesting about it yeah. is, like, Robeson does this, okay? So he... Knowing that everyone in the Soviet Union is like he's like the, he's such a huge star there and they love him and they know that, like, you know, his words are going to be taken seriously. And so he, he you know, he, he vocally, you know, endorses and praises this friend of his who's in Lubyanka. And then he sings a song that evokes the Holocaust of Jewish people in World War II. Now, I don't think he was saying that literally like the Soviet Union is like doing a Holocaust. I think that's a little bit like overblown um to make those like pat comparisons to like what the nazis did Mm -hmm. and stalin's like late paranoia about like zionists like trying to poison him and stuff um not saying it it was good what he did but like i think those are different orders of like magnitude but when robeson comes back to america uh, i think some people ask him about uh repressions or arrests of artists or things like that and he tells them uh i don't know anything about that yeah So he basically, when he comes back to America, to the Western press, he completely denies that there's anything like that going on. He does not come back and speak out and say, they've got my friend locked up in the jail. We have to release him, which is, you know, I mean, a lot of people, of course, in the documentary, they kind of like, they're trying to preempt like all the liberals, like walking out of the movie and being like, but wait, 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 like, no, we trust us. Like, he's a good person. He just, you have to understand his thinking. And I guess, you know, his thinking was, as somebody said, that he came back and denied there were any kind of political purges going on like in the early 50s and they said he was not about to come to the u.s and criticize the soviet union which in his opinion was a barrier to world domination by the right wing of this american uh, imperialist system and so you know i mean yeah i mean uh, there are yeah.
2: like i think that there are like a couple of different like takes on like the itzik pfeffer meeting Like, it's actually very possible that, for one, like, just uh, David Horowitz's radical son, uh, just to give the blurb from this book... Uh-huh. Uh, this is all about his journey from being a sixties radical to being, you know, a conservative, oh, God. uh, and, uh, so you know, trot. it's, it's, what we call uh. it. it's so it, it's, uh, yeah, uh, he was well, a trot. Like,
1: yeah. He was a trot. Wasn't he?
2: Yeah. He's one of the trot yeah. to conservative pipeline. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I, he founded, uh, ramparts. That's so, holy shit. Uh,
1: yeah, Wait, Horowitz founded ramparts. Yes, he did. Oh, God. that was editor of Ramparts. Yeah. Oh, it was such an Sorry. op. Yeah, it was so infiltrated. It. it was CIA funded, um, that- I believe, uh, secretly. Yeah, that came out. later in
2: the Um, 70s. Yes, associated with the the new left political uh, movement. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yeah, he was uh, one of the big new lefters. But uh, then, you know, so he tells the story through, like, you know, different anecdotes of other radicals or whatever. You know, he -hmm. he talks about, uh, these are just some of the people, like, uh, we are introduced to an aged Bertrand Russell... The world-famous philosopher and godson of John Stuart Mill, who in his 90s became America's scourge, organizing a war crimes tribunal over the war in Vietnam. There is Tom Hayden, the radical everyman who promoted guerrilla warfare in America's (laughs) cities in the 60s, married film legend Jane Fonda, and became a Democratic state senator when his revolutions failed. We meet Huey Newton, a street hustler and murderer who founded a black militia that became the 60s most resonant symbol of black power and black militants. Horowitz's encounter with Newton and his Black Panthers, the most celebrated radical group of the 60s, becomes the focal point of the story when a brutal murder committed by the Panthers changes his life forever, prompting profound second thoughts that eventually led him to become an intellectual leader of conservatism and its most prominent activist in in Hollywood. Uh so yeah
1: that's really disgusting They're- in light of like I wonder what murder he's referring to cuz uh one of the, one of the quite good things about uh not to keep bringing it back but like the uh the Judas and the Black Messiah movie that I thought was like good mm-hmm. was at first they almost like lure you into like you know at one point they meet this character who comes in from out of town who's like talking about like executing a fucking informant like yeah we tortured him and like he's a piece of shit man yeah we got that pig mm-hmm. like we fried him and for a minute like they're like oh my god like there's a dark side to the panthers like they're murdering people and then later in the movie you find out that that's an fbi informant the guy who was doing it and he like framed an innocent guy and like basically took the lead and like and like tortured this guy to death And claimed he was like a police snitch and then the fbi used that they explained this in the scene like that basically now this guy is running around to safe houses all around the country which now gives the fbi an excuse to uh raid any safe house this guy is in because he's like an interstate fugitive and they're like it's perfect and like he's and he's like an fbi employee basically who's like doing it so like i wonder if like the murder that david horowitz got radicalized by was either that murder in new haven or was like a similar kind of like like the undercover cop set up that was like, Oh, these black Panthers just, you know, yeah. like they're just too much. But in fact, like there was so much fuckery going on.
2: So yeah. Uh, David Horwitz also claims that like Paul Robeson will later tell the story of that. Like, you know, when he was racked with remorse and that it was actually that that like drove him crazy. But, uh, you know, like there are actually, I don't think that any eyewitnesses actually ever went on record, according to other sources. Um, and, like, there are different, like, accounts. Like, Paul Robeson's and son, and uh, I think that maybe the daughter of uh, uh, Pfeffer d- did sort of suggest that, like, he was passed, like, a note. Or, uh, you know, talking about how another Jewish friend of uh, Paul Robeson, Solomon Michals, who I mm-hmm. think you, you mentioned. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, that, that they had been killed um, and that they had to communicate through hand gestures and everything. But others... Uh, like a Slavic anthropologist, Esther Markish, uh-huh. uh, wrote that, like, you know, uh, Pfeffer couldn't say anything because they're, you know, uh, he, he he was carefully careful to say nothing to Robeson because, uh, you know, the secret police had told him to do that. Uh, and, you know, there's a yeah there's another. so so his like his 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 yeah.
1: choice to like sing that song and all that stuff was more just like coincidentally like a way to honor well, he, like his I, friend I think,
2: again he wasn't like dumb because he did get there and he was like where are all my jewish friends like you know can <laughs> i see them and then it's like just wait a little bit you know uh, yeah yeah so,
1: yeah like and, I and think, it, uh, yeah. ironically and, i guess it was like it was their activities going around the world and, like, proselytizing to, like, Jewish communities during the war that kind of turned into uh, – turned to suspicion on them after the war when it was, like, who are all these, like, bourgeois, you know, rich Jewish people you're raising money from? Are you – oh a bunch of Zionists like you know this is also exactly around the time when like Israel was created which the which Stalin and the USSR supported the creation of Israel uh, mm-hmm. you know yeah, I think they thought a... that it would have a socialist character if they supported uh, it yeah. Uh, yeah. And, well that was a uh, fucking
2: miscalculation yeah uh, and I mean, uh, yeah and they, they, they realized
1: that quickly and like turned like flipped and were like wait a minute so like Israel no this is sus this is not um, good like man. this is like a, a right wing ethnostate like we we can't support this but then i think those guys because they were you know i mean they had so many contacts with the same people that were like went and ended up helping you know build israel that they got like caught in this like fucked up crossfire and then accused themselves of being agents and definitely uh i don't know like i don't think that uh i would say you know i don't know if khrushchev mentioned them in his speech but I would venture to guess that, like, maybe he didn't lie about <laughs> these guys getting uh, persecuted. Uh, there seemed to seem to have been some, like, some yeah. overreach uh, in terms of that. Uh, and it's, un, you know, unfortunate. Or, like, uh, you know,
2: it might have been that they didn't tell him to protect him, you know, and that he just gave, like, you know, uh, he just erred in the side of, like, believing that, you know. Uh, but I don't know. Like, uh, again, there's complicated things that go on, but, like. Martin Duberman, the same biographer uh, who, you know, uh, said that he was uh, obviously, like, having insane, like, mental lapses because he uh, noticed the pentatonic uh, underpinnings of a lot of folk music. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he did, like, talk about how, uh, you know, the, his performance uh, for in the Soviet Union of Zognit Kainmol the uh you know the resistance song uh in in russian and, and yiddish you know was like a big surprise you know it wasn't like necessarily what they had had planned and that like uh you know it was uh, uh disruptive like uh the uh and the Jewish partisan educational foundation also said that uh you know it was like uh you know a, a shock to the audience and that like uh you know the the tr- the remarks that Robeson made like about the cultural ties between the u.s and russian jewish communities and uh you know um like uh, his mention of some of the intellectuals uh you know who had perhaps disappeared um mm-hmm. that you know uh the like his remarks and also like the this change of the song into yiddish like the audience was shocked and so according to them the thunderous applause that followed uh were cut from the recording by stalin's censors but the chaos is evident in the mixture of applause and jeers that follows the actual performance Hmm. so you can see how like uh yeah there was uh it was it was controversial in time like uh you can still hear even though like uh when he switched you know in the mid like uh like the the, yeah yeah which came out you know was was a common common
1: technique of his which he did to great effect uh i'll probably put a number of his songs like in the episode one of my one of my favorites, World War II vintage, Polushka Polje, uh, where he kind of, like, dramatically switches into, like, fluent Russian from English halfway through the song. And that was another thing about him that was, like, kind of amazing is that he sang in, like, probably up to, like, yeah. 20 different languages. And he would do these, like, these like pro-worker... Uh, songs or like spirituals or folk songs from different countries. And he would sing like the first half of it in like his language and then would like effortlessly switch and start singing it in the foreigner's language. And that was like, that was, you know, that was praxis. Like he was trying yeah, to I mean, he was, stitch together. He ma-
2: yeah. Yeah, he was a master of, like, the artistic, like, psyop, like, you know, maneuver. He, like, definitely understood, like, the psyop power of, of art uh, and and music, like, yeah, uh, very well. And, like, yeah, used it yeah. repeatedly to, to really good effect, yeah.
1: And, um, you know, I, I yeah. also, you know, for those efforts he was, and others, he, in 1952, uh, I guess that would be after the... Um, the pfeffer incident he was awarded the international stalin prize and uh he accepted the award in new york and then um in april 53 shortly after stalin's death robson penned to you my beloved comrade praising stalin is dedicated to peace and a guide to the world Quote, Through his deep humanity, by his wise understanding, he leaves us a rich and monumental heritage. And then the uh, United States revoked his passport for five years.
3: <laughs> okay. Um,
1: and did not yeah. allow him uh, to travel. Yeah I, and, yeah, I guess he was the only private I guess citizen. That's what would like, like,
2: if you. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did. He was the only one to get the national Stalin prize, uh, in the, in 1952. International so guess, Stalin yeah. prize.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I guess exactly. it sense but, if there
2: was a national, uh, one for the United
1: But States. then, you know, just, to, uh, so yeah, he, he always was like pretty, probably more, maybe more than any other American, like notable American figure did not back down on like liking Stalin. Uh, and mm-hmm. I guess he, I don't think he ever met Stalin, but, uh, he said he saw him once like at a parade or something. Um. (laughs) Um, you know some kind of maybe at one of his concerts but also what's interesting about him he's also very like rare in the sense of when uh, Nikita Khrushchev denounced, or some lied. would say, lied uh, no, uh, about Stalinism uh, at the 1956 no, no. Party uh, Congress, which I was actually rereading this week. Future guest uh, Jimmy Fallon Gong was like reading it and uh, was kind of surprised by some of the language. I mean, we might have to do it like a deep, like ferv Khrushchev, and like really, uh, yeah, you know, we settle it once and for things. all. I, I've
2: never actually read the book. Um, I just like know it through like your talking about
1: it. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I've it, read it, it and that? I've read half of uh, the secret speech. But but, anyways, like, yeah. basically, after, you know, after Khrushchev um, <coughs> lied and, um, you know, uh, Stalin, <laughs> like, was, like, canceled yeah. in the Soviet Union, Robson just kind of, like... The ultimate Uh, cancel He was. He was the ultimate cancellation. There were riots when they Um, tried to stake his statue down. Um, Yeah. uh, But, you know, basically, Robeson stopped kind of just, like, talking about Stalin for the most part, like, after that. I mean, I guess around that time—I guess in '56 at the HUAC hearing when they were asking him—I hope this is really part of it, but in the James Earl Jones version, they said, like, you know, when you went to the Soviet Union, Mr. Robeson, did you give a speech praising Stalin— and he goes, yeah, can't remember. I can't remember <laughs> and just like yeah, yeah. a series of questions like that where they're like, did you do this? Like, did you just say Stalin was like a great man? I don't remember. And it's like, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like everything is like, I can't remember. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and yeah. it's was just like trolling them. So even in 56, he's like pretty much like and then he gives a thing about how like the gulags were filled with fascists anyway. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, what does right, he care? Yes. But, but, you know, he was friends. I mean, the
2: point is that, like, you know, it was, like, he does say, like, you know, the issue of Stalin, like, that's for the Russian people to, like, work out, you know, like, I can talk about it, like, when I go to Russia, you know, if I sing for them, like, he does say that. But, you know, when they Mm -hmm. press the issue of, like, oh, if you care so much about slavery, what about, like, the gulags? He's like, well,. There's nothing but fascists in there, and uh, it had to happen, uh, which you know, mm-hmm. yeah, is not uh, rendered in the in the sort of reenactment. Uh,
1: that you yes, hear, uh, you and hear. so kind of interestingly, uh, like he he rides with Khrushchev, like he basically yeah. he take he takes a tack that I actually think maybe it was like the better tack that maybe I feel like the the Soviet Union could have been better served by, where it's like okay some bad things happened under Stalin's tenure, but are we going to like, are we going to sully the entire experience of like the Soviet, you know, unions, like progression over the last like 30 years and all of its like great achievements and like the destruction of the nazis and like all these other things are we gonna kind of like sully it and give all this ammo to like every anti-communist asshole around the world who now gets to go you stole and kill 85 bajillion people every five seconds like you know oh, and mean, so yeah, basically it's I mean... like okay like like take him you know basically like okay like uh dismantle the cult of personality kind of like take that away and then let's like actually like put in place things that make sure we're like we never do that again because that got way out of hand and like we need to reintroduce i think as uh I, I think is uh yes yeah, socialist legality is what khrushchev calls it and like and really draws up a bunch of quotes of lenin basically like explaining like you know like you can't just have like troikas and like declare somebody like counter-revolutionary and like shoot them like obviously like that that type of thing is for like the absolute most extreme like wartime emergency measures you know like during the russian civil war but like before the war was even won after their you know major decisive victory lenin like canceled the death penalty again and like that type of thing it's like we should you know and like lenin stressed collegiality amongst like party members at all times and like you know stalin was so rude it's like all those things i think there's valid things in there however like you know i think robeson was aware of the international implications maybe in in like a very acute way of like if i come out and ride this train and start just talking about like how evil stalin was it's gonna get weaponized by the propagandists Mm, true and then they're just gonna say everything about the soviet union sucks they're just as bad as hitler basically like the world we have today where it's like it got muddled over decades to be like ah you know like these are basically you know stalin killed more people than hitler no he didn't um but um not not saying that you shouldn't like reckon with the fact that like a lot of innocent And very good communists included got, like, killed under bullshit circumstances for, like, not doing anything. That's, like, a a pretty big bad thing to do. And so, you know, but, like, but, but, yeah, it's, like, Um, Robeson, though, Robeson decides, like, I'm going to ride with Khrushchev and be cool with this. And, like, uh, I guess somebody in the documentary described it that, like, he he just, like, keeps on keeping on after Khrushchev's speech and just kind of goes with it.
2: Even going by the standards of, like, you know, uh, the arch enemies of, like, all communists, uh, you know, anarchists and their leader, Noam Chomsky, um, you know, <laughs> he said that, like, you know, Trump is worse than Hitler. And since, you know, well, prob- I don't know, Stalin is also worse <laughs> than Hitler, but he, probably at least, mm-hmm. you know, he's as bad as Trump. So if the United States can go on under Biden to try to stop climate change then the Soviet Union probably could go on
1: too, you know, right? Very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Why do we have to cancel uh, the entire Soviet project? Because, like, things got a little crazy for a while. It's like, okay, you know? And, you know, if Beria really was a pedo, then good thing they killed him. Like, if not, that maybe was sus, but, like, you know, it sounds like, mm, I don't know, not a pedo, but, like, a serial rapist. That was the uh, charge against him, but, um, uh, but you this, know, yeah. I, I think... I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I've
2: been reading a little bit about Beria lately, and I i wonder i do want you know obviously we're very anti-pedo podcast but uh i I wonder a little bit about some of the the barrier accusations uh well you
1: know i had that i had that like infamous tweet from like two years ago or uh, like back when like epstein died where i said like can anybody name me like one uh marxist leninist government in the 20th century that was like completely controlled by cabal pedos and everyone like a bunch of anarchists flooded in were like bro barrier barrier and then and they they wrote like uh some people said stalin was a pedo because of that book by simon seabag montefiore who's like literally in epstein's book so like shut the fuck up um and is like the you know like like a 20th generation like lord family from britain so like fuck you but like the barrier thing was like okay if you have something besides from like that douchebag's book that can like uh, that, and is isn't just the wikipedia article that just like claims a bunch of these things like i'm willing to hear evidence against like barriers like sadistic serial rapist tendencies and i feel like that would be a really valuable data point to have and like if that's true then like yeah like fuck baria like baria obviously like had like a monstrous side to him if that's true but but i mean i don't know like have you seen what what's your kind of like your source of like i don't Uh, know about the barrier
2: i well i don't i couldn't quite like pin it down like i i don't like quite remember because i didn't take like careful like note of it or uh, like, you know, actually note it in any like note it down in any way. But I did see something that cast a little bit of doubts like, um, well, you know, I think that really, you know, there was a cloud of suspicion over it because like part of the reason why, you know, he was like convicted was like because of like treason against, you know, in the same way that you could say like, oh, there were trumped yeah. up charges against a lot of people who were like accused of treason against Stalin. You know, you could like maybe cast a little bit of doubt over. You know, he was accused of a lot of stuff. You know, uh, well, that's um, the irony, right? Is yeah. that like he
1: became the he became the final victim of the sort of Stalinist purges, but it was by the people that were like you know replacing like Stalinism, like it was the mm-hmm. the the revisionists, if you will, or the the reformers. And so it, you have to wonder, like, did they do that to like? pin it all on him and make him the scapegoat so it's like it was all stalin and Beria. i think if there's any area where maybe like i suspect khrushchev lied is that he kind of offloads like all of the responsibility onto like those two and are just like oh they just like they took over everything and they're such assholes and like everyone had to kowtow to them I feel like there was like they had support you know it wasn't just like everybody was like fucking terrified and had no like say in anything and there was no pressure like from within the party to like like there was a lot of enthusiasm for example for the purges including from a young uh, Ukrainian first secretary named Nikita Khrushchev who was like yeah like fuck these guys like they're all wreckers like we gotta read them out you know we gotta root them out so, like, he was kind of, like, but, you know, uh, would he say, oh, I was just, like, performing that, like, I knew I had to do that or get executed? Maybe. I mean, uh, mm. et cetera. Anyways, so, like, that that's a whole can of worms uh, when we get to, like, Furby yeah. Khrushchev. Um, Although we can I guess, like, maybe
2: these, like, sort of, like, uh, you know, probably back at the time, like, it was a more serious charge to be accused of, like, treason and terrorism and, like, counter-revolutionary activity than to be, like, too would so maybe it was just incidental and it wasn't like, you know, throwing it on top of things like all the, you know, uh, stuff that he committed during his uh, NKVD uh, activities. Yeah. So, you know, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. it's a, truly um, a wilderness of mirrors. But, uh, okay, yeah, I think so, we should. You know, uh, I'm uh, not going uh, all in on. Uh, but yeah. You know.
4: World winds of danger. See advancing before us, bright flag of liberty that gets us.
1: Start to wrap up but there's a really important uh, climactic episode in paul robeson's life that i feel like is something we really need to dive into it's got a lot of really interesting facets this is where the this is where the worlds of mk ultra and paul robeson perhaps collide um so Just as at the stage, you know, going into the late 50s, like we said, you know, through the, uh, you know, denunciation of Stalin and the rise of Khrushchev, he remains a supporter of the Soviet Union and of, uh, you know, socialist China and uh, various other, you know, third world liberation movements. And I guess uh, because the Supreme Court uh, actually did rule that it was illegal for the State Department to withhold somebody's passport. Uh, for their political views he got his passport back i think in 1957 and then he set out around the world again traveling around giving performances Uh, i think he went back to england in 58 and did another run of othello again um and uh a lot of like the final interview footage that people have of him is from like that period and also 1960 so fast forward to 1960 he is planning like a whirlwind trip around the world and then is going to go back to the united states and i guess you know kennedy has just been elected and he what he wants to do but his last stop going back to the united states is going to be cuba he wants to meet fidel castro So I'm just going to read from this uh, pretty good article by Tom Rhodes in the Sunday Times of London, 1999, called Lost Opportunity, to describe kind of what happens next, Uh, because before going to Cuba, he makes one final stop in Moscow to visit his Soviet pals. Rhodes writes, well, the subheader of this article will tell you a lot. Robeson planned to see Castro just before the Bay of Pigs invasion. U.S. quote, poisoned Robeson with mind-bending drug. The round of meetings, interviews, and speeches had been strenuous, but by the time he reached his Moscow hotel on a spring evening in 1961, Paul Robeson, the singer, actor, and black American radical was in unusually good spirits. He was planning to meet Fidel Castro in Cuba before returning to America to join the growing wave of civil rights activism led by Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. It was an exciting prospect. However, Robson never made it to Cuba. After a surprise party in his hotel suite, he was hit by a sense of extreme paranoia and tried to kill himself by slashing his wrists. Three weeks later, Cuban exiles, led by the Central Intelligence Agency, landed in the island's Bay of Pigs in an unsuccessful attempt to overthrow Castro. This led to an international crisis that brought the world to the brink of nuclear war. On the surface, the two events appear unconnected, but now Robeson's son is blaming the CIA for the sudden deterioration in his father's health, from which the singer never really fully recovered before his death in 1977. Uh, Paul Robeson Jr. claims his father may have been poisoned by the agency to prevent what had been a high-profile visit to Havana at the time of the American-backed invasion. He believes this was part of a wider plot to ensure that the charismatic activist never assumed his place in the vanguard of the civil rights movement. According to Robeson Jr., his father's symptoms at the time of the attempted suicide were identical to those produced by BZ, a mind-altering drug developed by intelligence agencies in Britain and America for use in a highly classified psychological warfare program known as MKUltra. He says that at least two doctors who subsequently treated his father in London and New York had links to the program. In an initiative that coincides with the centenary of Robson's birth, the singer's son is making a formal approach to British American and Russian intelligence organizations demanding the release of classified documents relating to his father's visit to Moscow and medical treatment. Most people remember Robeson for his rich bass voice and songs such as Old Man River and Summertime that form the <laughs> core of his repertoire. In Britain, he was also famous for his portrayal of Othello, along opposite the young Peggy Ashcroft's Desdemona and the couple's controversial love affair. Yeah, I think he almost married her uh, uh, in the 20s anyways. he um, well
2: he had like he, uh, yeah he had a, an actual affair with her like
1: oh he, he did yeah and, he, and then yeah.
2: yeah and she was white yeah. you know so it's like yeah
1: uh, yeah, uh, and he, yeah, he eventually, they didn't go through with it. Uh, but anyways, uh, Robson, however, was more than an actor and singer. He learned more than 20 languages, including several African dialects, Chinese and Russian. He was also the first black man to be employed by a leading New York law firm. For intelligence agencies in America and Britain, Robeson's stature as an artist combined with his increasingly radical politics made him a serious threat. He was a close friend not only to American activists, but also to leading lights of the colonial independence movement, such as Joe. Uh, Waharlal Nehru and Jomo Kenyatta. As early as 1935, MI5 officers visited Robeson on the set of Sanders of the River, an Alexander Korda epic that was the first to feature a powerful black male star. The CIA, uh, editor's note, I think they mean the OSS, opened a file on Robeson in 1943. At the end of the war, his case was assigned to the agent directly responsible for covert operations. According to his son, Robeson had several close brushes with death in the next decade. In in 1947, a car in which he was a passenger suddenly lost its left wheel and was found to have been sabotaged. He was a target of Senator Joseph McCarthy's 1950-54 anti-communist witch hunt, and with the, uh, the onset of the Cold War, his politics effectively ended his mainstream musical and theatrical uh, careers. Robeson Jr. formed his theory about an attempt to neutralize his father in Moscow. After more than 35 years of investigation and the gradual declassification of intelligence documents, a fluent Russian speaker, he is in interviewed senior officials in Moscow, including the hosts of the surprise party, this is important, which appeared to have been filled with anti-Soviet dissidents. When he visited his father in hospital the day after the suicide attempt, the singer said he had felt trapped in a real life quote James Bond nightmare. The walls had <laughs> seemed to undulate and everyone appeared hostile to the communist regime. He shut himself in his bedroom, suffering extreme depression and feelings of utter worthlessness, symptoms that can be induced by hallucinogenic mm-hmm. drugs. Shortly wow, afterwards this he is was crazy. Yeah the, surpri-
2: the yeah. Surprise, yeah, the element of the surprise party anyway,
1: sorry, yeah. Uh huh. Uh, shortly uh, afterwards medicine. he was in, it will gets worse it gets worse. Shortly afterwards, he was admitted to the Priory Hospital in London. Within 36 hours of his arrival, and against the advice of his Soviet doctors, Robeson was subjected to the first of 54 electroconvulsive shock therapy sessions. Mike Minichino, an MKUltra historian with contacts in American intelligence, said the argument that Robeson had been targeted by the CIA was, quote, entirely plausible. The Russian doctors and his family kept his suicide attempt and depression a secret, claiming he had suffered a heart attack but between april and june 1961 the fbi kept a status of health file on the artist which reveals that plans were made to prevent the world communist movement from exploiting his quote imminent death quote the fact that such a file was opened at all is sinister in itself said Robeson jr 71 it indicates a degree of prior knowledge that something was about to happen to him so, yeah, that was uh, – that, and they, they go over in the documentary ha- uh, this episode. And, uh, you know, Robson Jr. is obviously uh, prominently featured in the documentary, and he repeats that pretty much. That he believed that there was some kind of anti-Soviet dissident who was probably a CIA agent and uh, spiked his drink with BZ, which is – if anybody's seen the Tim Robbins film uh, Jacob's Ladder – uh, it's mm. like a very disturbing, hallucinatory, like yes. Vietnam veteran movie. The the drug at the end, of, like, sorry, spoiler alert, there's a big drug element to it. Uh, and the drug revealed at the end of the movie that like they like tested on all the soldiers and made them go insane was BZ. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a pretty bad news drug. I did find on, uh, on YouTube there's an interesting army video from 1963 uh if you look up psychotropic drug bz tested on american soldiers 1963 it like walks you through the thing was probably like processed at Look out Mountain Air Force Base, um, but it takes like three soldiers and it gives one a high dose of BZ, one a low dose, and then one a placebo, and then tracks their effects. And like the guy who uh, the guy who got the high dose uh, does not have a good time. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, I think he ends up being high for like 36 hours and uh, gets like really paranoid. Just also as an aside, I have this weird memory. Like in my like health class in high school, like we had like a health class, and like my yeah, teacher used better. to be like a cop like he was a cop in the <laughs> 80s and, and like yeah. he was like he was like this big greek guy and he had a lot of like really fucked up stories like one time he showed us like a vhs tape of a 10 year old like boy who was a crack addict like a little white boy Damn. who was like on crack and they were like interviewing him they, like they found him at a crack house or something it was like really dark but he would always tell us like 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 you know fucked up things about cop and he one time he did mention you know we got this drug called bz And what we do is, like, whenever there's, like, a hostage situation or somebody's, like, holed up in a house with, like, a gun and, like, the police have them surrounded, like, you shoot in some BZ canisters and this drug, like, when you start inhaling it, you – it, like, takes over your mind and you just have this, like, instinctual reaction to, like, run away from it. So it's, like, tear gas but more psychological. It's not just, like, a physical discomfort effect Yeah, yeah, it's like it drives that you is a insane and like in for your health yeah.
2: teacher to say, uh wow.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't uh, know why that popped in my head, but the, so every time uh, I've heard of BZ after that, it's been like, oh god, like that drug, like you know, the crazy one they could shoot into a building and then make everybody like you can't be like locked in a room with it, like you'll go mad, basically. Uh so like that's the kind of thing maybe they spiked Robeson's drink with and you know, I think it it lines up pretty well. Um, the coincidence of what... well, yeah, and also the fact that they took – at first, like, this horrible thing's happened. He attempts suicide. He goes to – they said that – I believe his son said that in the documentary, quote, he recovered quickly under his Soviet doctor's treatment, which means, like, they were Soviets and therefore not trying to, like, destroy him. So, you know, they helped him get a little better. But then, unfortunately, I, for whatever reason, they decided to transfer him to the Priory uh, Hospital in London, which, as that article stated, had at least two MKUltra scientists lurking in the wing there that started oh, no. treating him and right away they just like hauled him off to the electroshock therapy department and uh yeah like what was it like 53 times or something like that gave him electroshocks and then after a while i think maybe his son got there and realized that like he was absolutely like deteriorating in london so they brought him to east berlin and then his health rapidly improved again <laughs> so mm, i mean yeah, right. hmm, like interesting yeah. uh different approaches to medicine perhaps yeah. like maybe one's trying to mk you and the uh, and break your <laughs> yeah. brain and like <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: psychologically like assassinate you and the yeah. other ones are just like kind of socialist doctors that are trying a to make you, feel.
2: And send you to hell in a yeah
1: pocket. yeah um yeah, yeah, going to hell in a bucket. Everyone around him. I, I just, I really see it so vividly. Like him in this party and realizing these are all yeah. like, you know, revisionist, like anti-Soviet scum, like hanging it's out like with him, and they're all just like,
2: play. yeah, uh,
1: yeah, it's terrifying, yeah. you know. And he's just around all these. uh yeah. I, I wish that. The, come on, Soviets. Like, you know, like I don't know. I guess you know he's they love him he loves them they don't want to like impose who he can party with i guess i don't i'd be curious to know like how did so many like scumbag anti-soviet dissidents get into the paul robeson party like come on like didn't they have kgb like looking out
0: Hmm. yeah maybe
1: they assumed that because he's in moscow like he's safe like and maybe robeson thought he was safe because he was in moscow like there's nobody can get me here finally you know but uh but that you know that was like very tragic and it basically did like he came back to the u.s eventually and he did make a few public appearances at like civil rights events throughout the 1960s but was in pretty poor health and was like in and out of the hospital and just was like like the this whole episode like really fucked him up uh like physically and I think uh, kind of psychologically, um, and I, I think uh, I think his yeah. son said when it got to, like, the early to mid-70s, you know, he told him once that uh, something along the line—he hinted at the fact that, you know, like, I, I've contemplated just, like, you know, committing suicide, but, like, because of my family and because of what I represent to, like, the world, you know— liberation movements and all that kind of stuff like i, I there's no way i'm going to like go out that way you know what i mean like yeah. like he yeah. he was kind of a soldier to the end and was like no like yeah. that, that's not a and that was when like he realized that you know, his dad was kind of like at the end of the road and, and, you know, his health was declining. And so he died. Uh, I think it was either in six 16- yeah. seventy six or 77 in Philadelphia. I think he moved in with like his sister. The and, thing is the yeah. like
2: FBI like file about his imminent death,
1: uh, you know. Yeah, um, that they they were hoping maybe I think if he hadn't gone taken back to East Berlin, like yeah. what kind of shit what could they have done to him like he was really in like the caught in the spider's web there I mean I think mm-hmm. they probably should have never sent him back to London I mean yeah. that was a big misstep uh, just kept him you know uh, behind yeah. uh, the iron curtain where like medicine was yeah. more genuine um, and um, not trying yeah, to kill you they weren't
2: like about to poison him yeah I wonder why I mean maybe they just like didn't I don't know Uh, Yeah, I feel like – I mean, he wasn't – it's not like he was British either, you know? Yeah,
1: maybe they assumed that – I I think – maybe they assumed because it was, like, a mental health thing and there were a lot of cutting-edge, you know, hospitals and the the medical establishment maybe had some more, like, cutting-edge facilities and, like, experts and stuff for – you know, somebody of Paul Robeson's stature, maybe they – erroneously kind of thought that if there's some kind of like deep psychological problem going on here i mean i wonder i wonder to what extent like either robeson or like the the, you know the kgb or the soviet doctors like thought that he might have been poisoned right off the bat because it almost seems like maybe they didn't like they genuinely thought that he had had kind of like a depressive kind of psychotic break and like tried to kill himself so maybe they didn't immediately assume the act you know the the actions of saboteurs and Mm -hmm. perhaps they should have uh because then that ended up being like this pretext to to get him into a western hospital where they could do all kinds of shit on him and thankfully they got him back in time to like kind of so they couldn't kill him or do whatever, or lobotomize him or do whatever the hell they wanted. But you know, they they finally—it's like they finally got him. They got him to a point of exhaustion where he couldn't go out anymore and be this like leading figure and like crisscross the world and do all these things. He just uh, he just like didn't have uh, the juice for it anymore. After that, I mean, I guess he was getting—he was getting a little bit older, and he did have like heart problems and stuff, kind of going up to that that was slowing him down slightly, but it's just like can you imagine like the sixties with Paul Robeson still operating at like a, a high level, you know, like with Malcolm X, with Martin Luther King, and like would he have been, you know, I like I'd be curious to see maybe like the Black Panthers, like how much they were aware and inspired by Paul Robeson, because it seems like mm-hmm. he is actually like their most direct kind of, you know, predecessor in terms of, you know, being a black Communist basically wedding the ideas of like class struggle and like a racial inequality together. But, but like in the stuff I've seen of Black Panthers. I don't see Paul Robeson's name like brought up as like a, you know, a symbol of like, yeah, like this guy, you know, there were there's no I don't know, like Robeson brigades or anything like that. Like he just seemed to be kind of he dropped off even by the late 60s. Maybe it was also he was eclipsed by like this new young hotshot generation that, you know, didn't particularly like want to uh, worship too much at the altar of like the older generation of activists. Which is ironic because, like, I feel like Robeson is, like, the one who was already radical back in the day. So, like, in a way, he was, like, a prophet, kind of, uh, at least from—you would think from their standpoint. But I feel like maybe it's a testament to how much he dropped off the radar and had been thoroughly blacklisted from the culture that the United States government effectively accomplished, like, uh, people forgetting about him even though he was alive for another 15 years. Like, everyone just Mm kind of forgot. And when he died, it wasn't... You know, I mean, people came from all around. Like, he did have a big kind of public funeral. uh, But he, you know, ever... To this day, he doesn't really get... There hasn't been a movie about Paul Robeson. I believe Steve McQueen, the director of the aforementioned uh, 12 Years a Slave, uh, I think he had been, like, planning a Robeson movie for a while. But it either just, like, fell apart or, like perennially will never come together because like the establishment doesn't want to remind people he exists. But now that we have like a Fred Hampton movie that is like not a total whitewash job. I wonder if like one day we will get like a Paul Ripson biopic. I kind of shudder to think like, cause it, there's so many ways it could be whitewashed, right?
2: Yeah. It seems like I'm just looking into his stay at the Priory hospital right now. And it seems mm-hmm. like what might have happened is that he left Moscow for London, and then, like, you know, ha- being having been, like, you know, checked out of the Russian hospital, or the hospital in Moscow.
3: Oh, um, okay. Or,
2: you know, and then, like, he had then had another episode where he became depressed and suicidal, and then he was immediately sectioned under the british mental health act so, wow yeah
1: so they i mean hype um, is there any is there any like uh more details on like the circumstances of his second breakdown because it's like did they get him again did they slip another thing in his drink when he got to london
2: uh i don't know uh it's possible i'm just like you know trying to put some of these uh these details together to to assemble it this is uh pretty uh fucked up though this is what uh You know, his son, his son really is the one who like, you know, really propounded this theory that he was Mm -hmm. like, you know, a target of MK programs. And in fact, his son himself said that he also started to feel hallucinatory and suicidal symptoms that he had never experienced before or since after, like, you know, visiting his, his father.
1: I'm almost, like, I'm almost thinking, like, you know, like, like, sonic weaponry, like, uh, ultra-low-frequency waves, like, all that shit Aquino loves talking about, like, like, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, like microwave weapons, like, I mean, literally, like, a targeted individual, like, I don't know how much they really had at their disposal in, like, the early '90s They definitely had BZ, you know? I mean, they were already testing and using that, And they had LSD Mm -hmm. and all kinds of other things. I don't know if they had anything, like, more nefarious than that. But that's creepy that his son felt similar thing. Like, were they, like, poisoning his, like, water supply? Like, just pumping BZ, like, into his, like, you know, water pump or something? I don't know. Um,
2: Yeah. uh, I want to read, like, his uh, son's book, uh, which is The, Paul, uh, the Undiscovered Paul Ropes and uh, Quest for Freedom, uh, mm. which, you know, maybe goes more uh, into more detail uh, around it. But uh, this is uh, really something uh, about his stay at the Priory. Uh, mm. The pattern of Paul's treatments, the frequency of electroconvulsive therapy over a period of 20 months, about 10 days apart, averaged over five courses, totaling 54, as well as a number and variety of powerful drugs that were administered... Antipsychotics, including insulin coma with doses of 10 to 50 units of insulin, anti-anxiety drugs, and antidepressants, alarmed me when I read the prior records in 1998. So he wasn't actually allowed to see the records until then, like after years of trying. Uh, The ECT was administered whenever Paul showed initial signs of depression to bring him out of it. And immediately following major improvement in his behavior. Wow. So they're like, oh, he's depressed. Oh, Shock my... him. Oh, he's feeling yeah. better. Shock him. Oh, he's feeling better. Shock power... him.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: The powerful antidepressants were prescribed continuously despite their failure by the doctor's admission to provide any benefit. I found this combined treatment especially troubling because it resembled the mind treatment, depatterning treatment funded by MKUltra Project, which consisted of intensive electroshocks usually combined with prolonged drug-induced sleep. The similarity yeah. is noteworthy because by early 1962, Richard Helms, the creator of the MKUltra project, had been elevated to the post of Deputy Director of Plans and was in direct communication with Hoover concerning Paul's health.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah. very similar to what like Dr. Ewan Cameron was doing at McGill in, in uh, Montreal. You know, the psychic driving experiments. Yeah. Like Trying to wipe people. Well, I mean, what I think what they maybe had already discovered by the early 60s, as a result of Cameron's experiments on people. And uh, this has been gone into in like many MK Ultra documentaries, like people's testimonies of of going through this stuff. That I guess the the part of like implanting false memories or identities in people, I guess, didn't work out the way he was doing it. But the erasing somebody's entire identity part, that did work. So mm-hmm. if you want to entertain like the most sinister possibilities, they had the technology to do that to people. Just like give you LSD, put you in insulin comas, electroshock you for like months and months and months. I mean, what was it? He was there for 20 months?
2: He was there for like, uh, something like that. Hold on. Yeah, I think,
1: uh, Jesus.
2: Yeah. Uh, he returned to the United States, uh, in December 1963, and he entered, uh, the uh yeah he entered in august 1963 so yeah it was not 20 months i guess but it was like 12 months
1: so wait did Uh, he come back right before or right after the jfk assassination um did he come in august or or december that
2: was in november 1963 so yeah he came back right after
1: wow okay that's also an interesting thing that i did i didn't realize before we did like research for this that or i'd forgotten that he was going to be meeting with castro on the day of the bay of Pigs invasion that's yeah like wild. That is interesting. and the idea that he would be there to like like it would be such an international like snafu and like embarrassment to the americans That, like, Paul Robeson's there, like, this great celebrity, like, hanging out with Castro, Mm -hmm. and they had to prevent that at any cost. And then it's kind of even interesting to think of from the perspective of, like, I wonder what Paul Robeson thought about or if he ever said anything about, like, the assassinations of the 60s? Because I feel like Paul Robeson was such a sharp guy who was, like, so allergic to, like, mm, I don't know, bullshit and, like, capitalist lies that he probably would have been i i maybe i'm being optimistic but i feel like he would have been on on the tip of like the right-wing fascists like killed jfk they killed malcolm x they killed martin luther king etc mm, and yeah. so they but mm, yeah, they took is, care like, of that right, right of beforehand timing. didn't they so yeah, yeah he comes he back was right after he was not there neutralized the yeah
2: And like immediately upon returning, he was hospitalized again. You know, it wasn't over in two fragile uh, states,
1: because if if Paul Robeson was like dialed into what was going on at the time. And I mean, especially if he was like hanging out with Castro, they're talking about things like he probably would have like gotten involved to some degree. Who knows? Like he might have gotten involved during the Cuban Missile <laughs> Crisis for all we know, like agitating, yeah. you know, and things like that. So like there's all kinds of ways like this guy like could have had certain influences on culture, even though he was he was like largely blacklisted. But especially when the 60s got more radical and maybe like Americans were looking at somebody like, you know, Che Guevara with like a bit of a romantic I or you know or or fidel or you know ho chi minh or whatever to have like one of the biggest stars and like most brilliant accomplished like Amer you know americans and like a, a leader for like civil rights and all that stuff going around the world like meeting with all these communist world leaders and like endorsing them like at a certain point like if you if you sort of let him like run wild around the world and do whatever he wanted and and still speak Forcefully, the way he would, then you know, this could be a constant source of embarrassment for the U.S. imperialists, and they had to take him off the playing board basically. You know, at the beginning of the 60s, or else he could have complicated any number of like nefarious schemes. I mean, yeah, like Vietnam for that matter. I mean, my god, like it, if you know, like he could have been really the elder statesman radical that united all these different factions and like made and served as like a a wise leader of like the new left so they wouldn't just end up like taking acid and like robbing banks but you know they would like be more i don't know like it, it's interesting how if this episode hadn't happened like what kind of impact would robeson have had on the 60s and it's interesting yeah. to consider
2: yeah definitely know. i mean it definitely is something that would like, you know, disrupt his entire life, uh, in a horrible way. It's like not an experience you easily recover from. So he was absolutely neutralized. Uh mm-hmm. you know. Uh he still like obviously like sucked his commitments like to the end of his life. He didn't have the same type of mk situation as like maybe some others where they're like uh now i'm a patriot like tim leary but uh
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah and also Um, like we yeah i think i think we mentioned that like the during the period where he had his passport taken away from 52 to 57 the condition for getting it back was like we'll give this back to you but you have to sign this anti-communist affidavit basically saying like communism sucks i'm not a communist it's evil Uh, stalin killed 500 trillion people and like blah 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 and he said no i'm not gonna sign that shit it's that's like who i vote for and my political beliefs are like private and like under the law and fuck you i'm not gonna do it and so when the supreme court overturned that he was able to get his passport back without without you know kissing the ring and saying an anti-communist and i think that is a victory uh in its own way that his entire life nobody ever cajoled him in and i think at a point maybe it was even deeper than like I mean, I think he deeply believed in like the historical importance of the Soviet Union, but I think he also had a personal thing of like, you are not going to make me break my conviction that i believe i'm like nothing you can do to me is gonna make me like trash talk the soviet union i'm not, not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna die and like it, nope like there's nothing on the record that you can ever say like paul robeson denounced his previous beliefs and like so many other you know people did for a variety of reasons but he stuck to his guns to the absolute end and uh i think for that he's uh, he earns my respect yeah, eternally definitely
2: definitely yeah, definitely mm-hmm. an admirable person
3: for sure. Известного певца и выдающегося борца за мир здесь знает каждый рабочий. Оль Робсон спел старинную русскую песню Эй ухнем. How is it that, that the American Negro, who for so long has been a second-class citizen in yes, the United still States... Still is, I'm sorry. Uh, well, how, long, how is it that he's contributed so much to American <coughs> culture, Well, music, dance, you know. everything
5: you can think well, of? Well, I have to be very modest about that. I would <laughs> say certainly as we look at the African peoples in Nigeria, for example, I just got a wonderful invitation. To go to Nigeria to be present at the installation at the uh, at the uh, Governor General, Azikwe, an old friend, mm-hmm. who now, and I uh, and I had to cable him, I'm in Australia. I certainly would like to be with you. Uh, but I'm out here with some good folks, but I'll get to Nigeria later. do so you, so you feel yeah. that Africa is to some extent an affinity for it? A home, or do you still feel America is essentially your home? How do you feel with Well, with me come America? here. I'll come to that in just a second. But to come back to it, so I would say the Africans and the American Negroes have turned out to be an extraordinarily gifted people. The great tragedy is that by not making us full-class citizens as yet in America, they may be losing, I don't know how much yet, And to come back, I would say that unquestionably, I am an American, born there, uh, my father's slave there, upon the backs of my people was developed the primary wealth of America, the primary wealth. You have to have accumulated wealth to start, you know, to build. You did it another way here in Australia, you, you know, you had to build your accumulated wealth, too. You just came and took it, you know what I mean? And that's what they did in most of the countries. It's what you, West, it's what you Europeans did, you just took it. We got to catch up with you a little bit. <laughs> and so in America. So there's a lot of America that belongs to me yet, you understand? But just like a Scottish American is proud of being from Scotland, I'm proud for being African. Now, in our school books, they tried to tell me that all Africans were savages till I got to London and found most of the Africans I knew in were going to oxford and cambridge and doing <laughs> very well and uh, and learned their culture uh, and even once had somebody had the temerity after one had had t- conquered the chinese people and imposed upon them the opium trade and everything else to suggest that they were a backward people just the people who had been civilized so long over the rest of you folks didn't make any sense at all so somewhere uh, it was wonderful to find about the colored peoples of the world that they were very advanced so i would say today that i'm in America. Who is infinitely prouder to be of African descent? No question about it. No question about it. I'm an Afro-American, and I don't use the word American ever loosely again. Now, this that's was that's the right. feeling. This was the feeling. Uh, that's right. But that, that when you were here in London, about say thirty-seven, thirty-eight, you really had the world at your feet. Then, I mean, you're you a tremendous success. You're recognized all over the world, and yet you went back to America. Was that's this right. this was the feeling that took you back? I, I felt I had to go back to my people. That's right. The, the going was tough, and. Uh, Today, I can go back. I just had my passport renewed. I could go back to pretty tough times now. But any time I could get a telegram next week that the Negro people had gathered somewhere in one of their conferences, as they could, and say, Paul, in in the difficulties that are going on in America, would you come back and help us? I would take the plane as soon as I finished my engagement.
1: So yeah. uh, I guess it's too bad about uh, libraries any, being uh,
2: closed because I would definitely like to track down, uh, you know, uh, maybe you know, it would take a little bit of a, a little bit of time, something that I haven't really gone through the hassle of doing lately. But I would like to read the second volume of Undiscovered Paul Robeson because that's where I guess you know we can mm. see some more of what his son had to say about his stay in the yeah in the priory yeah and everything
1: yeah i, I like mm. his son a lot from what i saw in the documentary and what i've read about him he seems like uh he is like a chip off the old block uh and very much and he actually went to i don't, I don't think we mentioned but like he went to school in the soviet union for like several years which is why he's yeah right son
2: that's what uh in the huac trial they're like why didn't you send your son to rutgers you know because he was yeah sent to school <laughs> in the soviet union so.
1: yeah, yeah yeah and yeah and he explained that like you know my son's very different from me where like if somebody in this room right now like called me a slur i would feel the urge to like walk up and knock his lights out but my son because he grew up in a society or he went to school in this society for several years where like color prejudice like was non-existent phenomenon and was in fact illegal like he doesn't even care if somebody calls him a slur like it doesn't even just bounces off him and that was kind of like "Mm, oh you know um Mm -hmm. you love to see it um when that happens uh he was a little young pioneer you know um yeah <laughs> pro- he probably literally yeah. was probably um yeah probably, but uh yeah. <laughs> right. but yeah yeah i guess we can wrap up there i think mm. uh think you know check out check out robeson's music i'm planning on watching some of his movies i heard they're on criterion the 1930s ones i like to watch jericho and what was it the lonesome valley or something um from 1940 uh the welsh minor one there's a few good ones i think that may be worth watching like the less problematic um ones but uh also like his book here i stand is very good i read that like two years ago and it's like very straight up like good biographical thing and like his description of like kind of interfacing with like the NAACP and like different facets of the civil rights movement, he has some very like poignant critiques of like I think kind of like the more Martin Luther King like nonviolence wing. He's like supportive of it, but doesn't want to like fetishize like the nonviolence thing. Like we should just be like Gandhi all the time and get like attacked and you know like never stand up and like uh, defend ourselves. Like that is the way. He's like a little bit like critical of that that no you have to like stand up for yourself and like you know like maybe i don't know but he's also like not like an adventurist like uh let's start blowing up like banks or something like you know he's it's good it's just good shit i think he i think he's like the most brilliant uh and accomplished and like praiseworthy american communist that we've ever had i'm comfortable saying that Mm mm-hmm yeah. I feel like he uh, he is a standard to which other people if you are going to like, you know, put a big portrait on the wall and like, you know, worship it uh <laughs> you're gonna have any kind of cult of personality i feel like uh modeling the behavior and like the yeah the ethos of it paul is robeson is a good about, yeah, yeah yeah what were you gonna say
2: oh, I, I was just gonna say it's interesting to think about like him as someone who's like not really looked to so much i mean not to say that i don't think like you know uh people like malcolm x and and muhammad Ali are like you know super inspirational figures who like offer a lot like you know in terms of their their thought especially Especially Malcolm X, uh, but yeah, it is interesting that someone like Paul Robeson, who really did have a lot of uh, you know intellectual uh, contributions and a lot of like like material contributions, and uh, who also mm-hmm. was like a tremendous artist isn't yeah. really someone who is remembered as much as, as perhaps others. Certainly. I think the existence I mean, of Paul Robeson. Like the, the Settlers guy, like Sakai versus Paul Robeson. I, I, would, I think, you know, he could stand to be remembered a bit more uh you know not to <laughs> no not no to no the it's not just that the... you know obviously there's <laughs> settler colonialism but you know what i mean
1: yes yeah. which like uh, robeson was yeah. not robeson was not like uh blind to or anything it's just no, that he wasn't like,
2: a he wasn't a Strasserite, he wasn't you know a class reductionist uh sean P. mccarthy he
1: wasn't a social imperialist yeah. or a social fascist yeah. or anything like that like he really believed in i think he was like I think in a way he was like a leninist in like the the most pure kind of philosophical sense of somebody that read Marx's theory and then wanted to apply it to the unique like particular conditions of his country and his people. And wanted to find a way for it to, like, work within an American context very sincerely, which didn't mean, like, becoming a nationalist or, like, doing an entryism or, like, uh, uniting with the KKK or, like, doing mind control on your followers or blaming the British for everything or standing Alexander Hamilton or, you know, wrapping yourself too much in the flag. Like, he was pretty clear eyed about, like, what America was, I felt, but still had a certain optimism that you know it could be it could experience a kind of like revolutionary transformation and that Mm -hmm. like we could rebuild and even take some of like the principles that were gestured at in like the bill of rights or whatever but not like totally stand it like chomsky and just like go to sleep like Mm -hmm. cuddling it at night um you know yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Exactly yeah. Like, right. how, like how yeah. much more uh, Like the like the approach of a Robeson Like he just I think he's like He was too good So like they have to sh- They have to like erase him They can't even You can't even shit talk him really Like I think even that Is like a failing strategy Because you're still like Wait This guy was like The number one athlete And like the number one Football player in America The number one Broadway star Like the number one singer <laughs> Like the number one Political activist Like got the Stalin prize Like, I mean, like, it's just, like, a staggering array of, like, achievements that he was able to, like— And just, like, so many brave stances that, like, did destroy his career completely. Like, he—and he walked into it knowing what it would do. Like, he, in a way, you know, sacrificed a lot in terms of being a—like, he could have been, like— I don't know, the Jay Z like the 1950s if he had wanted to, and like cozy up to like rich white people and like play that game if he had wanted to. He could have tapped out at any time and like modulated or turned on the Soviet Union even, and then he would have been at least like an acceptable civil rights figure. But this dude had his convictions and he did not back down and uh yeah. i think it's like a heroic example for everybody and an instructive one for like if you're even trying to think about how to yeah. conduct I mean, like left politics in like america like uh, you know i don't know yeah. like, like not like, saying i mean, I mean like, obviously uh,
2: i don't know if we mentioned it but his father was literally like a slave like yes uh yeah you his know, father was a slave really something yeah
1: that well he says that great line at the end when like uh even though it is the James Earl Jones like that's always like kind well, yeah, of giving me chills is, is yeah um, yeah yeah I think this is an actual quote uh of one of his most famous where they go like if you love Russia so much why don't you move there and he says like without missing a beat like because my father was a slave and my people died and bled and died building this country and I'm going to stay here and have a part of it just like you and no fascist minded people are going to drive me from it is that clear and then like that's when they're like alright I'm done with this meeting like meeting adjourned and he's like it should be Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I like, can't take it it's so anymore. good yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't take I'm it anymore I can stand. Yeah. <laughs> they can't uh, handle but, it uh, yeah. but th- that that I mean, just that yeah. beautiful like why don't you move to because no my ancestors died building this country and like I just love like i'm gonna stay here and have a part of it just like you you little fucking shit like no like you can't get rid of me like i'm not gonna run away and uh Mm -hmm. and you know i mean that uh that's a very brave thing to stare down like these like fascist senators basically and call them the fuck out and then like drive them so crazy that they just adjourn the meeting after like 10 minutes is uh It's really indicative of, like, his, like, brilliance.
2: You know, that that really is still a thing today. Like, uh, you know, this is uh, very much a tangent, so we should wrap up, but there's, like, a, you know, a very prominent Muslim personality, uh, Muhammad Hijab, who, uh, you know, is known in the UK for, like, just being kind of like an apologist. You know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend anything that... He says, but he's you know kind of like a celebrity in that little in that little world, and you know he recently posted something that was like you know I often have emphasized like you know the colonial you know impact of the you know like the the West and you know the 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 colonialism and imperialism, but you know I haven't been grateful enough to this country for giving me like you
1: know I saw that yeah and it's
2: just like yeah and it's like you know. That's the thing. Like most, like pe- like it's it's complex of like oh th- you know the Jackie Robinson. Not to demean Jackie Robinson for like you know all of, uh, what he had to face and like for yeah. breaking the color barrier in baseball at yeah. all. But it is this sort of thing, where there's, like an expectation of like how dare you? Like you know why aren't you being grateful? To us for uh-huh. letting you be in this country that's yeah. out, you know, this white country. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. How, you, know, you need, you know, that
1: question of ownership um, still yeah. looms over everything. This is our country, and we're letting you have a. Part yeah, of it.
2: exactly. Yeah. But Robin's saying like, yeah,
1: no. Like, I deserve right, a part yeah. of it. Like, we all do. Like
2: to be like, oh, you know, I should be because, like, you know, my parents were immigrants or something. Like, you know, I really shouldn't be upset about colonialism, and I should be more grateful that, like, you know, they're giving they're out of they're giving me healthcare, whereas like you know people uh, who are white just take like they feel that those things are owed to them correctly because that's like the mm-hmm. what the country teaches them like you know yeah. uh so it, yeah it's just like
1: but then you know, yeah you hate uh, to see that kind of like oh thank you like that like the sad little yeah, like yes, healthcare please up. meme yeah, like a, being saying complex. thank you yeah you know yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Ugh, mm-hmm. you, you hate it, to see it right. um yeah so yeah don't a, right d- don't uh th- Gratuitous. Don't like slavishly thank your the ruling class for like throwing you breadcrumbs. Uh,
2: Yeah. Don't develop an inferiority complex like out of contrarianism because like some kind of like you know uh, someone was uh, was woke and doing cancel culture and so then you had to do 180 degrees around and you're like "Uh, I don't like that so now I'm gonna just become like a huge apologist Uh, or see communism and therefore, like, th- feel threatened and, like, have to throw molotov cocktails and become, like, an anti-Semite, uh, and, uh, do lynching or, or whatever, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, don't do any of that, no, yeah, don't
1: do any
2: of that,
1: even though, uh, yeah. those people fucking won, but they never got Paul, really, they weren't able, yeah, they, they never got him to break and, you know, do the, uh, 1984, like, he loved the party, Uh, kind of thing, but, like, for capitalists. uh, They never got him to, like, go on a 1970s, like, variety show and, like, you know, denounce, like, uh... By the way, Paul Robeson, huge supporter of, like, sending in the tanks in 56 to Hungary, by the way. Just thought I'd mention that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) Big, uh, full
1: supporter, and I'm right there with him. Uh, He said, you know, these, like, those people are... He said, like, those are the same type of people that were, like, conducting pogroms like during World War II. Like, fuck those people. Khrushchev, 100% right uh you know i don't know his son said that he was always with the reformers in the soviet union but he didn't feel like you know not like he was gonna go and like talk shit basically out of turn right Um, yeah and i
2: believe that is that is true yeah uh yeah definitely and i think yeah
1: he said his son son said he was always with Mm -hmm. the reformists. the main enemy of the time was not stalin not the ussr but the right wing of the united states cool you know, I mean, yeah, it yeah, works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right. Okay. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing of like, you know, yeah, if he's, I mean, when well, you're an American and people like are going to be like, well, what about like this? You know, like if you're talking about like American, you know, obviously, but it's like always a distraction and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he, he that, that, that's but,
1: maybe know. the, the talent that he had more than anything else was like parrying, like, like anti-tanky like attacks. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, well, Mr. Uh, Rubison, what about blank? And like he, it's not like he, but he didn't do necessarily just do it in like a like, uh, you know, like a full Grover Fur kind of way of like, well, that's just like not, not true. That of, it, I mean, yeah. like, like or you know, like that, like not nah, bourgeois lie. Like not going to talk about it. He would like, yeah, well, exp- he, he would always he, try he, to offer like a contextual to. answer
2: yeah well he was able to like change the frame and not accept like the bullshit frame that was being imposed like which is yeah, exactly, a very difficult exactly. skill like uh, we know, should all to, we should all like, learn
1: from it that, that like even though he did say that like well most of the people in gulags were fascist which like uh, yeah, during the war I mean like yeah it's there's a mixture of things going on there uh, yeah. but I think <laughs> that uh, <laughs> you know uh, yeah. like even though he did uh, say that it, it's, he didn't do the mistake that maybe some young hothead uh Marxist would make today when somebody says like Stalin killed like you know five million people and somebody goes yeah he did and it was a good thing you know like no no no, no, no. you don't really want to like i think we did this with remember in the grotto uh we were somebody uh did bring up that lenin like ordered the murder of the romanov family and then Mm -hmm. that immediately turned into a kind of a dispute uh or you know a debate where some people were saying well you know what like fuck the romanov family he had to do it he had to do it and the other person was saying well then i can never support communism or the soviet union because that is just evil to like murder a whole family like there had to be a different way and then i had to be like hey y'all let me just slide in here with the fact check and i looked it up and actually like there is no actual like historical record that lenin like ordered the death there was like a variety it was either the local well, people yeah, that were it wasn't holding like them that,
2: you know it, it wasn't, wasn't like that a movie sinister where, like lenin personally broke into like the <laughs> you know
1: uh the palace no, yeah. and, like you know yeah. like, march
2: up the stairs and like shot like uh pulled out a revolver while she jumped through like a time vortex like to <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the present-day united states to like make friends with like a little suburban girl like that's not exactly. uh what happens um yes and, yes uh, you
1: know it was yeah, uh it was never uh, something that was like ordered. The, the
2: kindly rasputin um <laughs> you know <laughs> yes uh, the hero no, the real that's, hero that's not that's not how it happens no you shouldn't um like promote like massacring children uh or, or killing yeah them, even if they're the children of monarchs um who are oppressive, like, you know... It's Like, look, to, if things you know, get crazy uh, and it happens, contrary, like... Uh... <laughs> yeah, contrary to Foucault's remarks, uh, maybe I'm just, my mind is just, uh, you know, colonized by uh, the idea, the concept of, of justice. But I do think that justice is actually a, a pretty trans-capitalist uh, concept uh, being mentioned in uh, the, the Noble Coran and, and such things. So I generally think yes. it's good to preserve, like, a concept uh, of justice and, like, try to, uh, you know like have like adjudication and like determine people's guilt and like you know do things absolutely. That like absolutely uh, manner, like, uh, that, rather than, like, you know, uh, going wild and shooting. But justice
1: is, uh, is know, not inherently uh, like a technical. bourgeois psyop, or like a bourgeois pseudoscience. Uh, it no, is it, a it thing is that people do yeah. kind of want expressed in, like, their right. political Right, as he system. said in that
2: episode, I got Foucault's point, but he picked a bad example with the concept of justice, which I think uh, definitely is not, like, necessarily wedded to the capitalist episteme. Although, perhaps, yes. our concept of it uh, is in certain ways.
1: Mediated uh, by yeah. it, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I yeah, guess, so, uh, right.
2: In conclusion, like, don't develop an inferiority complex and, like, have to suck up to uh, America for giving you uh, the basic rights that you're entitled to as a citizen of the country. Uh, stay away like, from so England,
1: British psychiatric hospitals.
2: Yeah, exactly. If, if at all possible. Uh, yeah if you hear like a slightly remixed version of like your favorite sentimentalist like melodramatic uh song about like a nice river uh don't like have a conniption and like You know, uh, fly into a racist mania and, uh, you know, do a riot. Don't Uh, do it. uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely bad. Uh, Yeah, the next time you see someone and you feel like they're being uppity, uh, just try to bear in mind the lessons of of peak skill. Just ask yourself, like, you know, are they they really uh, doing anything wrong? Or uh, am I just conditioned to be threatened by the infection of, you know, having my... Uh, beautiful white suburban lifestyle dream taken away
1: yeah like um, the, the yeah the same yeah. thing you would ask about you know stalin um,
2: <laughs> um all right uh, <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: uh, yeah no, no, not
3: no.
2: that our I'm uh, being... not that our listeners need to be concerned about these things they just need to remember you know the, the normal things of watch out for gins stand general, your ground don't yeah
1: don't let the like narrow-minded fascists in any committee kowtow you we're in four so uh yeah be like paul
2: let's uh let's add him to the the pantheon of uh socialist uh american heroes uh you know he's got, there
1: he the highest one Eugene as far Dabs,
2: as but i really you know you really do really hear about him uh so yeah uh um, you hear
1: about in the least so yeah. spread the word he was a trailblazer,
2: uh, you know way back like uh, in the early yeah, years, yeah
1: go out there and paul pill your friends Uh, a lot of his music's on uh, YouTube and uh, I don't think anybody can deny his like talent and prowess uh, if you watch him so do do what Paul did himself and maybe try to like Paul pill people by like watching his movies and like listening to his music because his revolutionary ethos and ideas are embedded in all those things because he was fucking brilliant and cool so.
2: Oh, uh, by the way, before we stop, I uh, I did uh, recall that uh, where I had gotten that sort of whiff of like Baria skepticism was from like a random account on Twitter called uh, Woke Baria um, that uh, <laughs> okay. I came across that is uh, you know kind of LARPing as Baria while uh, peddling a little bit of uh, skepticism to uh, Beria's conviction. So you know, obviously some some doubt hangs over it, but at the same time, you know, I wouldn't necessarily like uh, go all in on uh, what what wokeberia uh, is putting out there, but you know uh
1: yeah we'll see we'll see we will well, conduct yeah. we will conduct a people's trial or a like yeah, a um, we need to, you know what is it called yeah, a, sharia tri- a sharia a Sharia trial or something uh shura, shura
2: council on <laughs> yeah shura
1: council uh, you know
2: who actually deserve to be premier
1: and we'll, we'll yeah. try to you know we'll try to keep the spirit of paul with us to help guide our our hands so we become uh proper americans good american socialists and not like cringy like lefty adventurists uh who yeah. drop acid and like i don't know uh build communes that fail yeah, and become stockbrokers in the 80s
2: and like just love yeah. the constitution uh and uh yeah
1: in um, a way paul robeson's uh personal like tragic personal circumstance is like a big big argument against acid communism like when you're hanging out in the soviet union like don't take a powerful psychological yeah, the revolutionary psychedelic drug radical
2: potential of the drug that was used to poison all the leaders of like all the potential leaders <laughs> of yeah, of base. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, it seemed um, to be like it was going much better before that stuff got spiked in his drink. Uh, so, you know, let's like, we can put that, not saying you can never do it again, but like maybe let's not central, let's not center it. Um, it's, and it's, uh,
2: it's, haram. it's haram. It's haram. Yeah. Uh, you're right. It, it
1: Makes it you, as somebody return. in the grotto said, like, it'll make you dance like a whirling dervish, but it'll be fake, so you're going to go to hell in a bucket.
2: Yeah, you'll definitely, yeah, very likely that you'll go to hell. But one of Paul Robeson's uh, foibles, in addition to being narcophobic, uh, was that he didn't quite get to discover Islam, but, you know, it was kind of before <laughs> that. Yeah, you know that that real that real break uh, through. he through
1: was he was though a lifelong christian who attended AME zion mm-hmm. church and so that's another thing that's interesting is how could how could a devout yeah, christian worship stalin no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they no, also like cancel him cancel him yeah um you know for like you know yeah
2: uh,
1: talk about a cult of personality like uh, uh,
2: unknown-ism, uh yeah general
1: secretary yeah. sky daddy up there um uh,
2: Wow! Yeah, he believed in a sky daddy. Uh, no, I yet
1: another scared, uh, reason I stand Paul Robeson is because like he wasn't afraid to like be religious and be like a tanky at the same time, and actually like it was yeah. it was fine. Wow. Like nobody he killed was, him in the Soviet Union for doing for being a Christian. Wow! Nobody he was, cared. Like uh, he was very
2: much in the vampire's castle. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that between you know uh, with all of this race stuff and also being a uh, Christian and uh, you know not loving being dosed with bz at a surprise party maybe they were just
1: trying to give a more, BZ more BZ narcophobia moment. really
2: yeah yeah well yeah true he was being narcophobic like all those
1: by uh, having a bad was, reaction like, to bz all all that, that was my five
2: agents who were like at his surprise party were just trying to like give him you know a nice little <laughs> present um and, but he was oh, just so God. narcophobic that uh and such yeah. a judgy christian that he got upset by well being we're, we're, by back, letter, we're, back, we're, we're back we're
1: back we're back where we started we're just like um, like maliciously medicalizing like everything he went through to be like hmm, it was his like uh it was his irrational fear of doing hard drugs that uh was actually the problem not wow yeah which caused mm. you know a psychological complex to develop that could have been solved if he just you know developed a casual heroin habit
2: Exactly. Well, you know, he probably was one of those people who's prone to having bad experiences with like weaponized hallucinogens just because he was irresponsible or something, uh, you know, or had. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, enough, like, yeah. Yeah. He didn't imbibe enough like theosophy. He was too <laughs> obsessed with materialism, so he couldn't like experience the wonder you know the the infinitude the wondrous infinitude yeah, of love mati- love yeah. love
2: yeah 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 he was too materialist uh too religious yeah a <laughs> uh, narcophobe um yeah the ultimate trifecta and you know uh he changed the lyrics to old man river uh and that cannot be abided yeah and yeah. he didn't send us on well, all, all right say yeah is, uh,
1: uh, rest in power commandante paul you are in the pantheon now of sublima jihad forever and uh you yeah, are. one
2: of our one of our rare as you said one of our rare like you know uh positive treatments of, of a figure uh from the past yes um yes he very much deserves it the buster rhymes one was mostly <laughs> positive you know yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, buster rhymes uh brian de palma yeah. kind of yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. i don't know about freaking he's a little he's a little much um Friedkins
2: on the edge yeah that's a little bit on the edge i mean nothing yeah I, uh, I would not put either of those people on the level of ball ropes in yeah that's true uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's true definitely <laughs> he's the uh
2: definitely he's the the you know uh yeah the most admirable possible figure i mean they because came up in the cultural Atlanta wasteland
1: movie, of like the, yeah, the post red so scare yeah, yeah yeah no it's true yeah Rumi's kind uh, of up. Rumi's yeah. on there we're in the pantheon yeah, yeah. um all right yeah. we're all right, four right. hours we're so uh yeah, <laughs> so yeah we're stopping, uh, we're stopping and uh so yeah until next time dear listeners stay vigilant
3: peace Salt lake city joe says i am standing by my bed they framed you on a murder charge says joe All right.